1: I forget how this goes. <laughs> All right. How does it work? I always forget. Anyway. Sorry. The the stool is down and like I'm gonna be really high. And it's really simple how to put it back together, but I forget. Do you remember how you do this? Thank you. Okay, somebody come up here. It's, I'm, it's not my gift. It's not my spiritual gift. And I, you know, I don't know. We'll see if Justin. It's just a little. We got it. Let's give Justin a hand. He does amazing things. Sorry, that's embarrassing. I, I will work on remembering how to do that in the future. Let us pray. Let the words of my mouth, the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight and fruitful for our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, sometimes what you're looking for is right in front of you, it's right there. It's like me and my refrigerator. It's right there, but I can't see it. And my beloved Sandy, I have to say, where's the mayo? She comes over. There it is. (laughs) Or, like in Top Gun, where we hear, break right, break right. All she has to say is, top right, top right. (laughs) Or Katie. (sighs) My mom had this great phrase... Billy, if it was a snake, it'd bite you. If it's a snake, it'd bit you. There you go. Speaking of snakes, Jesus refers to an event in the people of Israel's life where they were in the wilderness, and snakes were biting them, and God had Moses put that bronze serpent on a pole, and they looked to that, and they were saved from the poison And now Jesus talks about Himself as the Son of Man being lifted up. That's a word in the Gospel of John, in particular in Jesus' words for Him being crucified. But not just crucified, Him glorified there on the cross and then raised on the third day. That's all there in the word lifted up. You look at that and you will have life, eternal life. It is interesting, then, that Jesus obviously is telling us where to look. Where are you looking is the first, what are you looking for is the first words out of Jesus' mouth in the Gospel of John. Isn't that interesting? Perhaps where you look in life is the most important thing in your whole life. Not all your accomplishments, not all the things done, not all the things undone, not all the people you've known, none of that even compares to actually where you look. Can you imagine that where you look is such a powerful thing? So Nicodemus comes to Jesus in the night probably because his colleagues wouldn't have been too happy that he came to see Jesus, but there's also all this light in the midst of darkness kind of uh, things that are there that may be a part of all of this, but nonetheless, Nicodemus comes, and he's looking to Jesus. uh, You're obviously a man of God. Look, I saw what you did at the wedding in Cana, and evidently he saw other things that Jesus did, and so you must be from God. No one could do what you do if you weren't from God, so he's looking kind of looking to Jesus and he's looking for the kingdom perhaps come and Jesus knowing what's in Nicodemus's heart and where he's coming from and by the way do you remember who is he he's a pharisee a ruler of, of the pharisees perhaps like a rabbi of rabbis we don't know exactly what that means but clearly this is someone of great importance And so Jesus tells him something that is just bizarre. Now, we may be used to it, so we think, oh, well, it's no big deal. But he says, you must be born again. Now, the word again in Greek is probably a double entendre. What that means is it can mean two things at the same time. Like born again or actually born from above is probably the real sense of it. Born again or born from above. And Nicodemus, of course, like, that's, what are you talking about, Jesus? You can't go into your mother's womb again and be born. Now, I love when Jesus. Is talking to people and they come to him wanting the kingdom of God but wanting to do something to inherit eternal life or the kingdom of God. Jesus always knows when that's what people are wanting and he usually gives them something that is impossible to do. What's another example? Um, How about in the Synoptic Gospels where the rich person comes to jesus and says what must i do to inherit eternal life and jesus says well mikey can you just turn down just just soften me a little bit i might get a little loud here and i don't want to blow these people out so um so the the rich man comes to him and jesus says well 10 commandments you know them do them and the guy says well check i did that jesus Oh, that's great, Jesus says. Well, um, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Uncheck. <laughs> and he goes away, unfortunately, sad. A lot of Christians since then have been like, well, if I really want to inherit the kingdom of God, I better sell everything I have and give to the poor, and then I'll be really a super Christian. I'll really be a Christian. See, they didn't get it at all. Jesus was giving them something to do that he could not do, so that he wouldn't run away, but he'd fall on his knees to Jesus, actually. Well, maybe he's doing something similar with Nicodemus. Okay, Nicodemus, you've got to be born again if you want the kingdom of God, and um Sorry, that makes no sense. I can't be born again. Yes, of course, that's right. What's from the flesh is the flesh, Jesus says. But I'm talking about a different kind of birth of the water and spirit That's what, and still it doesn't make sense to Nicodemus, and Jesus has to explain it to him, and he's like, I can't believe I have to explain this to you, because water and the Spirit in the Old Testament always come together. Think about the Spirit brooding over the waters in creation, or the Spirit, we hear all the time the Spirit is poured out, just like water. And so probably water for Nicodemus would have been a cleansing agent. There were baptisms for converts into Judaism, but it, it wasn't for necessarily everybody but so that might have made sense but for us we think about water and the spirit and we can't help but think about that water and when the god's word was put together with that water jesus's word and the holy spirit was poured out upon us that that is a new birth from above nicodemus thinks at first it means born again i can't be born again and jesus is saying that's true when it comes to the flesh but the Spirit, you can become a new creation, a new person by water and the Spirit. And how does that happen then, Nicodemus? How can this be? And this is where Jesus then goes to an event that happened in the people of Israel's life and says, remember when they had to look up at that serpent on the pole? It's going to be the same way. The water and the Spirit, you're going to look. So being born again, being born from above, is actually has to do with where you look. Now Nicodemus said, no, this is impossible. I came here for you to tell me and teach me what to do. I came here to... Um, have a task to, you know, have a teaching. I'm a Pharisee of Pharisees, so we're all about teaching the law. And I, you give me a law, give me a, the direction. And Jesus says, You got to look <laughs> to the Son of Man lifted up. <sighs> And it's the same for us, I think, because we, it doesn't make sense to our reason. Our reason gets in there, and I'm, I'm all for thinking. You don't have to leave your brain at the door at this church, but you also have to understand its limitations. And human reason, we always want to get in there, and, and sometimes you just have to accept what Jesus says. All of life entails where you look. And when you look at Jesus on the cross and you look to Him in faith and believe, Jesus says you are born from above. We all have physical families, but now you're into a new family that you are a child of God, like Justin and our EWB sang so beautifully today. You are a child of God. You have that promise that that's who you are. That's being born from above. If any Christian ever asks you, are you a born-again Christian, you better tell him, yes. I know you're a Lutheran. I don't care. (laughs) There's only one kind of Christian. We are all born from above. Now, I know what you mean by that because the born-again thing has a whole connotation, you know, about the charismatic movement and you making a choice and you, you know, really being a for-sure Christian and all of this, but actually that is the exact opposite of what being born from above is. Being born from above is saying, I got nothing. I've got nothing. And I'm certainly, it isn't my choice that makes me born again. It's God choosing me and me looking up and receiving what God did in Christ. So we are all born from above. Amen? All right. All right. Now, I can't just stop quite there. Paul says it this way, if we get up one of the scripture readings, Carmen, he says that what has happened to us through faith, he's talking about, that's from our text this morning, he's talking about in faith we are children of Abraham, that's that born into God's family, and what he describes that as is God who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that are, do not exist. Our being, a child of God, being born from above, is like God creating out of nothing. We didn't bring something for God to kind of put the cherry on the top. It's out of nothing, out of death. We die in Christ and we are raised up. And that is the new birth. Now, um, I've had something maybe like a panic attack. I know lots of you have and it's horrible. You feel like you can't breathe, like you're suffocating, like this weight is on you. And sometimes, I've, I know when it, it's helped me, when someone's going through that or when I've gone through it, they've actually like grabbed onto my, you know, my shirt a little bit and said, look at me. Because, you know, when you're having that, when you're overwhelmed by fear, you're thinking about all these things, you're looking at all these scary things, you're hearing all these scaring words, you're into these horrible feelings, and and sometimes it just helps for someone to say, look at me, right here, look at me. That's what Jesus is doing for all of us today. In the midst of all the things that can overwhelm us and scare the living bejesus out of us, so to speak, whatever you use that term, um, you know hey, look at me. Look there. Because the whole world it will have you look at all kinds of things. Don't look down into your feelings. Don't listen and, to all these horrible tapes that are in your head and all these things to be scared of. And don't look at what you've done back in the past about what you've done and left undone and all of that. You look at Jesus And what he did for you, he died on the cross for you and has made you right. And as you look up and you believe in what he did, you are healed. You are healed from the poison of our sin. What happens in your new life is that Jesus says, yeah, death is scary, but death is not the end of your life. You don't have to be panicked about it. I promise you, when you die, yet you will live, as Jesus said. And don't let anyone come and take the certainty away from that. That's God's promise to you. Oh, yes, you also get this in eternal life, that you are a child of God and you are forgiven. Oh, yeah, all the things done and left undone they're huge, they're bad, I know it. And, but Jesus says, hmm, I'm wiping that out. And then finally you are sealed by the Holy Spirit. You know God is a seal on you and he's taking care of you. This is what we want to look at. We want to look at the cross. This is why you're here today. So I can tell you, look to Jesus. Look at the cross. And you know what? Maybe the church is a little bit like my incredible spouse. Bill, top right. It's right there. That's what the church is for. Look it. It's right in front of you. Don't let the world put all kinds of other things in the midst of all of it and make you scared and freak you out. Yes, it's going to come, but then you come back to here today and Jesus says, just look to me, look to me, and look what I've done for you, and be at peace. Thanks be to God. Amen.